Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, for more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, June the 7th, 2016. Our calling number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. We do already have a caller, but first let's welcome Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We're honored that you're here to share this space with us and uh, to look into this ancient understanding of... How to Change Your Mind. I came across a quote recently from uh, Albert Einstein. And actually putting together a couple of Albert's quotes really gives us a perspective on what is it we're inviting people to do. He says this, The world as we have created it is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. When he talks about changing our thinking, he's not talking about, oh, well, I'll change a thought or two about my life or about the world, and then my world will change. He's talking about making a major shift in everything that you believe. And to taste that shift means that you have to do your work on an ongoing daily basis. It's like, you know, somebody can show you the beauty of a strawberry and you say, oh, tell me about its taste so that I will know the strawberry. You don't know the strawberry until you marry it to your taste buds. It just doesn't work. And so it takes an ongoing work, this opening to a new way of seeing, a new way of literally having your mind support you in being doesn't happen overnight. It happens as a result of an ongoing day-to-day process, one that has to become long-term in order to shift to the level of change that we're talking about. And so Einstein gives us a second quote, and, and this really taps us into, and of course you've heard this one on the show before, but it really taps us into the kind of shift, the, the depth of change that really needs to occur. And that change occurs through removal 
of what has us thinking otherwise. And the removal is the process of forgiveness. If you're still talking about how you forgave them, how you forgave yourself, I offer you're not doing forgiveness work, you're doing pardoning work, which is nice. But the forgiveness work is the consistent, persistent shifting of your mind out of the game of somebody else's to blame into responsibility and truly living as a real human being. Hold a newborn child and you know what a human being is. The other quote that I was referring to from Einstein that kind of puts it all together goes like this. This is the thinking that needs to be integrated. A human being is a part of the whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings, as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest us. Our task, here he's describing the change of mind that's needed. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Bringing in that human attribute of compassion for everything and everyone that you would think about, that there is no exception. There's a great line in The Course in Miracles that says, exempt no one from your love or you will be hiding a darkened place where Paul healing is not welcome. Because the mind from its content produces this world of separateness where I see you and I experience you apart from me, this optical delusion. As I decide that you deserve my hatred, I've decided you deserve my hatred because there is a part of my mind that I hold that I don't want to deal with and I don't want to embrace. And so as long as I refuse to embrace a part of my mind, it will always show up embodied in my brain's image of someone else who deserves my rejection, my hatred, my vengeance, my separation. And so to integrate all of life into that circle of compassion is quite a challenge. And that's what we're here for. Michael, you just, it may be my phone, but you just kind of came muffled. It's Michael. Say it again, Jeannie. You're clear right now, but you went really muffled at the end of that, that you were just saying. Oh. When you said, that's why we're okay. here, you couldn't hardly understand it. Hmm. Well, that's why we're here. Is that clear now? (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go for our caller. Okay. It's area code 636. You're on the air. Hey, Jeannie. Hi, Michael. It's Phil. Hey, welcome, sir. Good to hear your voice. You too, guys. How you been doing? We're rocking. All things are well. We're actually getting some sunshine. That's... Tropical storm that's been going through is kind of quieted down. I think we're going to get a little more of it a little later today, but right now we've got a little bit of sun and uh, very muggy and close. But uh, we're rocking. How about well, in awesome. Atlanta? 
Um, St. Louis. Uh, things are going really great, actually. That's okay. Uh, my friends are in my friends are in Atlanta that you know. Um, but uh, you know everything's going great here, and I've just been having a blast listening to your guys' show and the archives when I can listen to it. And uh, your work that you've been uh, putting together uh, has really helped my practice and myself just go gangbusters. We we're awesome. a mindfulness practice. We're a mindfulness practice. That's what we practice in. Mm. Uh, uh, helping people connect the spiritual sides themselves and the physical issues that they have. And we always connect it through mindfulness. And I was always telling my coach and myself, there's always something's missing. Something's missing. Why, why, what's missing? We got, we have the tools. And then I realized we were missing the biggest tool of them all, which when I got introduced to your work, which is that total forgiveness work, it was like, but once sure. that started, once that started being implemented in my own life, and then how I've been implementing it in my clients' lives, we've been just seeing like major shift shifts, major he- like literally healings happening here, and it's just been great. And I really want to thank you guys for the thirty plus and thousands and thousands of hours you guys have put together uh, to help people like me and everybody else experience this work. Fabulous. Delighted. And actually, Phil, it's kind of coming in your conversation. It's kind of coming full circle. I'm actually getting pretty close to almost 50 years of uh, developing this work. But one of the uh, the steps in my process is I used to live in Atlanta, and uh, I taught at Life Chiropractic School. And what I taught was from D.D. D. Palmer's Adjuster. And that was kind of a, one of the, the trigger points for opening to taking things to the next level. So I owe a, a great deal of, uh, of honor to, uh, to D.D. Palmer and the whole chiropractic profession. I remember years ago I had a, uh, a student in Atlanta who was a medical doctor who was a cancer researcher, had tenure at Emory University, and I'll never forget after having introduced him to chiropractic as a cancer surgeon and researcher uh, and gynecologist, uh, one day after well, probably three years of studying with me, he came to me one day, literally, I mean, literally physically in tears saying, I, I can't, I can't continue. I've got tenure. I've got a $400,000 mortgage. I've got two kids in college, but, but I can't continue to learn about this healing stuff and stay at Emory because it's not allowed. And he had, yeah. had uh, a doctor from South Georgia who called Emory University ranting at the fact that he sent one of his patients to Emory University and they actually referred him to a chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> just, he he How dare you. create a very successful practice, but uh, if you're healing, if you don't care, take care of the frame and get that innate going and get that Rooka going, it's, it's, uh, it's tough if you don't get rid of those blocks. Oh, it's yeah, totally. Like one of the things that we do that's really cool is we there's there's that energy that's already always moving in you, the innate intelligence. But there's a way to tap into that and actually feel it move you, and you get out of the way yes. of it. And when you start implementing the forgiveness process in that the physical experience of the spirit of God moving you through the carbon-based memory, stuff shows up, man. And it is wild. It is. I agree. 
here's the thing. You had talked about one time on the show about how fast you like it, you, you lose it like with like one eighteenth of a second uh, that you your body goes back to the carbon based memory. And you have to just literally stay conscious of it all the time. And the more you stay conscious of it, the more you build the brain cells. He's like, oh, okay, good. I stayed it for one full second now. Thank God. <laughs> Right, and right, yep. it's 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 really interesting. My clients are like, so how many times do we have to say this? I'm like, over and over and over again until it's gone. Oh. Yeah, only 200 times a minute sometimes. <laughs> oh, no kidding. And uh, and then doing the adjustment on top of it, stimulating the acupuncture systems and stimulating the breathing apparatus to help the breath of life move through the body. You really implement all this, the, the RUCA, uh potential it's just it's awesome and uh without the forgiveness work i'd still be stuck and like having this great practice and this great work that i'm doing with literally from my standpoint no results because there was we're only staying in recovery but never moving through the processes of healing well i'm delighted to be on the team glad that uh, you've taken hold of it and sharing it with more people that's the idea ultimately is to uh to take the tools and make them available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. So I'm delighted for you to have you on our team. Oh, thank you. One of the biggest things for myself is I, for the, from the healing standpoint, I grew up um, in the, in the church, but in mostly healing prayer ministry, I've been doing it since I was 16 years old. But what I found out from you that it was basically petition work. It wasn't really healing prayer ministry. It was healing petition work. And that's all we were doing. So there's a lot right. of night and day. What, oh, it's night and day. So a lot of the programming that I had from 16 till uh, recently was always based in like, okay, what were the phrases that you said, and the how did Jesus heal? How did he teach his disciples? What happened when he sent them out? Uh, and then how did it get all lost? And what you've been showing is how how the translations really got lost. And one of the biggest things for me myself is uh, when when Yeshua sent his disciples out two by two uh, to go to different towns, and he's like, if they receive you, go openly into their house. But if they deny you, shake off the shake off the sand of your sandals and go on. And I never really understood that. Is Can you explain that a little bit and how it works with the work that we're doing? Well, my take would be, first of all, uh, the, the first words of what you just shared are some of the most important words, and that is he sent them out two by two. Because if we don't have a feedback mechanism, the ease of falling into blockage of truth and believing what's not true is true, is an easy trap to fall into. And oh, so absolutely. two by two, you had two minds. If you went off track, you, you know, your buddy could say, hey, you know, that one's a little off track. Let's get back on track here, which is kind of what this whole show is about, is supporting people and, and for all of us, for everybody involved. And what my mind can't see or is in blockage of, your mind can, and we can support each other and nurture each, nurture each other in that process. And then beyond that, I think what he's saying is that, you know, it takes time for people to build the brain cells. My experience is that it takes five years for the average person from when they're introduced to this work to really begin to really comprehend it 
and really integrated at depth in order to make the kind of shift I was talking about that Einstein's quote refers to. Here we are, oh, separate. That, you're totally. over there, I'm over here, and you're, you deserve my anger, and he deserves my rage, and she deserves my condemnation, blah, blah, blah. To get to living from that mind into one that has, includes all of life in that state of compassion and the presence of love in us, is a, that's a big shift to make. And so I think he's, he's saying there, you don't need to spend your whole life in one particular place trying to get someone to understand. If somebody's ready, then stay with them, be with them, keep the work moving. And if somebody's not, you don't have to, uh, to hang out and try to get them to change. Yeah, you know, okay. Be where there is a willingness, you know, we can spend a whole lifetime. Yeah, I, I used to my my most of my work I developed. I did a fair bit of it in South in um, Atlanta, but then moved to South Florida. And as I taught in South Florida, we had a, a pretty good response from people, and I started to get requests. You know, South Florida has a lot of uh, people who are mobile, they're from all over the country and all over the globe, and so. I started to travel because people go back to their own town and they go, well, we don't have anything like this here. Will you come and teach? And there came a point where I had to make a choice where, you know, I'd go away for two weeks and the support group I was working with in, uh, in South Florida would dwindle. And then, you know, I'd come back for three months and rebuild it. And then I'd go. So it, there came a point where I had to make a choice. Do I stay there and impact? We, I taught, there and we used to have I actually had three main classes that I did and we'd have anywhere from you know maybe 80 to 125 130 people every week who'd participate some of them were the same people every week and others kind of rotated but but that was what I was able to impact and then yeah. it was actually a, a challenge to move from that to going to a national and an international teaching process but where I could have stayed in South Florida and made that kind of change with 100, 150 people uh, overall, now we've got things going on on a global level. So I think he was saying, you know, expand it to where it's accepted and move it where it's accepted in ways that expand the work rather than restrict it to one place where you might have to, you know, kind of push the rope up the hill to get it to move. That would yeah, be my take. Yeah, okay. That makes yeah, that makes that's that makes all the sense in the world. Okay. Well, that's so pretty I could much still my question. Florida and, and you know, actually at, at one point I had someone who invited me, he said, Hey, you know, I've I've got a lot of money, I'll donate to what you're doing and you just set up a place here and you do this and you do that and and it's like, No, the idea is to take this to every mind, heart and being on the planet, so we're gonna keep moving around the globe into every venue we can move it in order to well, I don't want to do that. I wanna sit still, I wanna be here. Well, that's okay, but that's not what this is about. It's about expanding it and taking it on a global scale. Yeah, get to the collective. That's awesome. Okay. And then we get to touch people like Doctor Phil and he takes it and touches other people and it just moves and you know, I, I think we're getting close to critical mass. You know, when Yeshua said a little leavening leavens a whole loaf, he wasn't talking about bread. No, we are physics. definitely hitting critical mass. mass. Yeah, we are that definitely hitting it. Amazing. Uh, I'm loving. I'm loving watching it. 
Uh, it's, it's great. So I just wanted to thank you and anybody that's listening, literally uh, keep uh, pushing forward and keep working on letting go of the goal. That is like the, like Michael says, it's the key uh, and uh, working through the process and just keep on trucking. You'll get there. We'll get to see you in a Phil? few weeks, Dr. Phil. What's that, Jeannie? Um, I'm receiving some texts from Gail. Uh, you've heard her on the show before, um, on especially on Recovery Wednesdays. And she is outside of St. Louis, but she was wondering if you had ever done the breath work. And um, can I give her your phone number? And she said perhaps the two of you could get together and have a small group and she could teach the breath work that that would be um, or, or, you know, let p- people experience it. And that that would be another tool for your pocket. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can totally do that. Okay. I'll pass your phone number on to her, and you all can work out the other details. Perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Well, awesome, guys. Awesome. Well, well, anything else we can do to support you, Phil? Not at this moment. You guys enjoy the rest of your show. All right. Blessings. Nice to hear from you. You you too. All righty. Bye-bye. And we have two more callers, but Dr. Tim's also with us. Well, I know Tim. He'll just say talk to the callers. But let's say a quick hello to him anyway and see if he's got anything to share with us. Talk to the callers. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Let's go for it. (laughs) Okay. The next caller is area code 808. You're on the air. Who do we have? Hi, this is Roma. Hey, Um, we're back in Hawaii. Yes. In Friday's program, you mentioned that to take this work to the world, if you had $5 million, and I wondered where you got that number and what you would do with that if you had it in order to take this work to the world. Well, actually, uh, back a couple of years ago, we sat down. There was a foundation that had uh, proposed that they might give us some funding, and I kind of sat and looked at and did a calculation of projects to be done and that would have been an easy number to uh to move the projects forward that we've uh we've been you know I, I kind of sometimes compare myself to the to the guy at the circus that spins the plate you know you get one plate spinning then you spin another and you spin another and another and another and another and you got to go back and keep them all moving well yeah. at this point it would be easy to move all of those plates forward with that kind of funding. What would we do? Well, one of the first things we do is actually there's a uh, piece of property right near Heartland that um, is just, you know, Heartland we can only do summer programs because the property's not winterized. And we're holding that funding will come. Somebody built this absolutely awesome 5,700 square foot house. I can't fathom why anybody did this in the Ozarks and, and it's up for sale and who would, who would come there and buy a 5,700, uh, pardon me, 5,700 square foot house with, you know, Australian pine floors import. I mean, just an awesome piece of property, but it would be perfect for a year round teaching center and, if that occurred, then what we would do with the Heartland property is, you know, there are a lot of heritage farms that are going down the tubes. And with those heritage farms where, you know, mom and dad retire and the kids don't want it, so they sell it off to developers or it just goes into uh, agribusiness, the, um, there are a lot of people 
young people in the cities who don't know anything about farming, and uh, we would take the Heartland property, which you're familiar with, and mm-hmm. probably turn it into a space for training these young people coming out of the city how to uh, take over and manage these heritage farms. So that would be kind of a, a shift in what's happening there. We've got plans for a uh, – back when we originally – or I did this plan, we, that building that I was talking about wasn't available. There was a, a building project in the, in the process. We would take out behind, if you remember where the building eternal support is, we'd be building a seaponics garden space uh, that is on that southern exposure hill out behind that building. And uh, there'd be another level of doing the video work that we're doing, and taking the the materials just on a global scale. So that's kind of a thumbnail of where we'd be going. That's great. Thank you very much. And we're doing, we've been moving those projects bit by bit and doing them out of, you know, basically if if we have the money to do another project, we take on and do another project. Like, for instance, we were in in, um, Chicago last year, and Dr. Tim was there, and a friend of Dr. Tim's does video work, and, and there was the opportunity to do a new four-hour Why Is This Happening to Me Again, which is now all edited, I'm glad to say, so we're putting it into production. And, uh, you know, it was like, well, it's on the edge of whether or not we can afford to do that video project with the cash flow that we've got. And Dr. Tim put his hand up and said, I'll pay half of it. <laughs> and so Great. we now have a new four-hour video. You know, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, so totally it's just, awesome. What, what resources have we got? to do the next level of moving the tools around the globe. And right. that's what we do. And it. what are they asking for that uh, 57,000 foot uh, building? A square foot building. At, at this moment they're they're uh, pricing on it's around 800,000, although I'm uh, it it does belong to a foundation, so uh we would probably approach them to see if there'd be some way they'd work with us to uh to turn it into a um a teaching center, as opposed to just coming up with all that cash. Right. Um, and the term heritage farm, what does that mean? Does well, mean you know, there are a lot of small you farms, just... like, you know, family farms, you yeah, know, yeah. 25, 50, 75, 100, 200 right. acres. Mom and dad have run it all their lives. They're of retirement right. age or they've passed away, and the kids just, you know, they're not farmers. They went to the city to you know, okay. make money and so right. to restore those to 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 allow them to continue as small family farms, right? Instead of going corporate, instead of going yeah. corporate, or instead of just being you know sold off for the the money that the uh, the land supposedly is now worth being sold off, and the kids fill their pockets with money, and the the uh, the developers take over and take it out of agriculture use and turn it into more. Yeah, that was what we were in danger. We were in danger for that. We still are probably here in Maui with the the cane fields, but we did manage to um, gather uh, enough uh, signatures to get it on the ballot in November. That's awesome. The last I had read, they were working on those signatures, so they did get enough. That's fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very excited about that. And then we've got some people who've been very involved in the movement who are running for city council. The the problem, I think, here has been that the elected officials and, the, and some of the unelected officials have been blockading things. 
So um, we've got movement going on over here, so it's exciting. Well, thank you for answering my question. It's one of the few places. Mm -hmm. Sure. Hawaii is one of the few places on the planet where very close to the lifetime of everybody that's listening to this show right now, a country was stolen from its people, just straight out, flat out, militarily removed from people's hands. Exactly. And uh, this is an opportunity to restore those people to right. what was stolen from them. Exactly. Uh, so it's a it's a pretty pretty sweet opportunity to see that happen. Right. I hold the space. They're doing research to oh. find out because some of these some of this corporation they signed a 99 year lease. And they're trying to figure out who are the actual owners of these properties. So that's an interesting process that's going on too. But of course, it's really illumining the the vision and the spirit of the Hawaiian people to have this be going on. So it's uh, it's really exciting time here too. Mm-hmm. And and of course, when you you know when you think of the concept of ownership, you know here were the the Kingdom of Hawaii, which was a of a known and recognized political entity and mm-hmm. American businessmen went in and literally American businessmen and, and churches, you know, the, I, I like the uh, saying in Hawaii that the, uh, the uh, ministers went in to do good and they did well. And yeah, ended up right. quote that's, unquote, and ended up perfect. quote unquote owning you know, they, they, as in many places, you know, the Native Americans are, in, in many places on the planet are justified in saying, you know, when it all started, the, the churches came with Bibles. They had Bibles and we had land. And now we have Bibles and they have the land. Wow. And that's nowhere more apparent than in Hawaii yeah. and restoring the, these people to their heritage and to give back what was stolen in our time is only a sane thing to do. And, of course, those who are making money from it don't want to see that happen. Of course not. Yeah, that's triggering some uh, grief coming up in me. But I can probably process it on my own. Yeah, well, it'll open the space for a lot of people to do some healing, I think, all the way around. It's a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. And uh, and issues that need they, it, that people need to work through to be able to hold the space for that shift to occur, right? For that restoration to happen. So yeah, not feel any kind of victim forward. energy. Uh, probably some kind of well, it's compassion. I'm feeling I feel deep compassion for the the victimization involved with these. Beautiful people. Oh. And it sounds like perhaps there's another layer of experiencing yourself as being victimized that identifies with that that now surfaces. Yeah. Right. And as you work through that and replace it with love, you'll be another space of love that right. can help the healing to occur for for that issue on a global scale because it's not just happened there. That's just one of the more recent examples. Uh, you know, I mean, you talk about what Saddam Hussein was doing in Kuwait. It really wasn't much different than what happened, except that, you know, at least Saddam, you know, the Kuwaitis were, were cross-drilling into his oil wells. They were stealing from him. So there was at least, you know, some some justification there, but the Hawaiians owned Hawaii. You know, it was a kingdom, and, you know, American right. businessmen said, we want it, and they took it. 
the queen was literally imprisoned in yeah, in, yeah. in her apartment. She was not allowed yeah, to leave crazy. while they were going through this organizational thing and and deposing her. Yeah. So it's just well, one of those you. issues you that has been going on on the planet for a long, long time and just uh, right. holding space for the next layer and anybody who's got any victim energy around it or has been on the side of those who've been the perpetrators, that all that energy comes up and heals and what comes forward is simply the appropriate presence of love and fairness. It's, you know, one of the uh, uh, Beatitudes in Aramaic speaks of just and fair behavior, that the thing we need to achieve is activating the mindset inside of us that underlies just and fair behavior between people. Wow. That's a big key in the process. That's one and of the that's the actual there. translation from the Aramaic, just yes. and fair behavior. Yes, just yeah. and fair behavior that we have to develop, that, that inside of each of us, underlying all the hostilities and fears that have overlaid the truth that was coded in us from the beginning has to go. And when that undergirding comes up, it will automatically cause one to simply think in terms of just and fair behavior rather than how much can I take, what can I get, blah, 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 blah. So it's a, it's a, it happens in families, it happens in communities, it happens in businesses, it happens in governments, it happens in education. It's a, it's a global game that non-humans have played, and it's just waking up to being humans, and here we are, functioning as love. Yeah. I'm very grateful for the visionaries. We've got some very beautiful visionary people who, just and fair is exactly the words that I would use to describe these people who are, mm, awesome. who are, you know, moving forward with the flag of freedom and yeah. and purity cool. and truth. It's just, um, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing that's going on. Sweet. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I wasn't aware of the latest on what was happening, so I'm delighted to hear that's going to be on the ballot. It'll be interesting right. to see what comes about as a result of it. Right. Okay. All right, you have a blessed right. day, then. Aloha. Touch. Aloha. Okay. Jean, you've got another caller for us? We actually have two more callers. By the way, by the way, before you jump in with the, with the caller, Jean, just, I just want to throw a piece in. The aloha concept in Hawaii, I believe that the Hawaiians, the native Hawaiians, are actually one of the lost tribes of Israel. And the word aloha means precisely the same thing as rachma. It's a condition in the frontal lobes of the brain. You look at the writing in Hawaii about aloha, and they talk about a condition in the brain. It's exactly the same as rachma is. It's a condition that allows human life to come into human form and keeps us on track so our intentions are key to love rather than hostility or fear. So it's, a, it's right there in alignment with the original Aramaic teaching so powerfully. Excuse me, sweetie, go ahead. Okay, our next caller is area code 336. You're on the air. Who do we have? Hi, this is Tracy. Well, hey there, young lady. Good to hear your voice. <clears throat> Thank you. I, um, I'm i calling for two things. One is uh, I want to know if I can get involved in Gail's breathing class that she's doing with the guy who called earlier. And um but what I really called about is um, the goal behind rage. So I have situations where something happens that shouldn't cause a lot of anger. Like my mom, you know, pulls in the driveway and calls me and says, Hi, I'm in your driveway. I have your blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm angry because I'm trying to do something that I don't want to be interrupted. I'm working. And so I'm, I'm nice. Then she leaves, and I'm, like, you know, screaming and hollering and processing all this anger, and I'm writing down a worksheet, and I don't understand what the goal is. Like, I want to – I always – like, I have a lot of worksheets where the goal – is I'm trying to, the goal is collapsed with number 11, and I'm constantly having to unhook it. Like, I think the goal is, well, I just want to be peaceful, or I just want to be respected, but really that's more like over in number 11. And, like, I don't want to cancel being respected or being peaceful. So do you have, like, a, a thing to be looking for when someone has gobs of, you know, passed down generational rage that the anger is displaced to the situation. Like I don't need to be, I drop the blueberries on the floor, right? I don't need to be raging about that, but it'll just trigger this like really hateful, sarcastic anger inside me that's toxic. And I'm thinking, okay, what's the goal? And I just am lost on trying to see what it is. Okay, great. So let's, Let's go back to the beginning of your conversation. And the first thing to notice is how deep the denial is. And, and remember, our definition of denial is when I think or speak. And it's, it's, it, it comes out in subtle ways, and, and you really have to observe your mind. Because as long as we're in denial, the mind has been given it, – it's kind of like putting a, a password on a file in your computer and then throwing the password away. No matter how much you want to access it, you can't access it. Because the password's gone. Right. So when you say I'm angry because my mom drives in the driveway and calls me and says I'm here, my offering is that you're not angry because your mom drives in the driveway and calls you and says she's here. You're angry because there's anger in you. And, of course, toward the right. end of your no, I get that. I'm just giving that, you what's going generation Trigger. Right. So, so my mind but, is but, looking but, for it's blueberries, it's my mom, but really it's just I'm full of anger and it's in there. Right, right. So, but, but start to watch and, and start to shift your language. And as you do, your mind will show you different evidence, more about what it is you need to deal with. So say to myself, so, okay, but, I'm angry here. Yeah. What's going on with me? Yeah. Versus, wow, mom just called me. She's in the driveway and my rage is up. As you start to okay. talk about you rather than talk about her, your mind says, oh, you're willing to look at this? Okay, I can help you see this. Okay. But as long okay, as good. the conversation that's, goes that's the other way, the mind has to obey. So that's a, a big piece of the puzzle. Now, as far as I don't want to cancel my need to be peaceful. So remember the mind organizes information in files, so to speak. So if in my generations, you know, it's been a hundred generations since there was anybody who was peaceful and everybody wanted to be peaceful. So, you know, great, 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 great grandfather, great, 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 great grandmother wanted to be peaceful and they were always in each other's face and, and dealing in rage with each other. So all the while that was happening, when all that, that, person wanted to do was be peaceful is their file on peace was open and being filled with rage linking to rage so when you say I don't want to cancel my goal to be peaceful that's probably one of the most important goals you could cancel 
here's why. You say, but but there's nothing wrong with the goal to be peaceful. That's reasonable. In fact, that's the same thing to say I want to be peaceful. And I agree with you. That's absolutely true. But remember in the forgiveness process, you're not canceling the goal because the goal has a problem or is a problem or there's anything wrong with it. You're canceling the goal because it's the key way into the hidden part of your mind. So let's say, you know, I'm working on my project. I want to stay with my project, and there's your goal. Mom's in the driveway. What's my goal? It's not that I want to be peaceful. I want to stay with my project. So okay. I'm doing a, I, you know, where number three is, I want to be in charge of my life. I want to do the project I'm in the middle of, and I want to do, I want people to support me in being focused in that rather than distracting me. So that would be, you know, where you take your work in that case. So I want to be supported in staying focused in my choices. I want people to empower me. And when I see that that's the goal, then in my mind on being focused and, and being in charge of my own life, there's a lot of hostility and fear. So the way that I open up to the underlying hostility and fear in the case where the goal is I want to be in charge of my life or the goal is to be peaceful, the way I get in touch with what's underneath that is I cancel the goal. Again, perfectly good goals, nothing wrong with the goals. But what happens when I cancel that goal I'd say the goal to be peaceful. Here I am staying in rage because there she is interrupting me again. Oh, my goal is I want to stay focused, and I've been interrupted. So I cancel my need to stay focused. Now what happens is the file in which I've been hiding all this anger about not being able to be focused in my life opens. I collapse the projection that has got to do with mom in the driveway with a cell phone in her hand announcing herself. I collapse that whole projection and, and when that collapses, I drop into the deeper part of my mind that holds all this energy about being interrupted, disturbed, distracted, controlled, whatever it is, and worksheets around all of those things. So there might be worksheets around being controlled. Oh, I want to be in charge of my own life. I want, to, I want to stay focused would be the one that works with distraction. And so you don't cancel the goal because you can't have it, you don't want it. When you finish the worksheet, it can be perfectly appropriate to go back and establish exactly the same goal. Mm -hmm. The thing okay. is that as long as you hold a goal that resonates hostility or fear in you, Canceling the goal gets you the opportunity to go to the root of the hostility or fear and dissolve it and get free of it. If I never go to the root of it and dissolve it and get free of it, then anything that triggers it into the activity is going to – I'm going to just keep that cycle going. So I'm kind of a house divided against myself. Yep, I really want to deal with this anger, but no, I don't want to cancel my need to be peaceful. Right. That's probably one of the most important goals for you to cancel because it will show you the part of you that holds the underlying energy of rage around, in that case, being interrupted. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I could really get cool. in touch with breathing? that. Yes. Good. Good. Yeah. 
Okay, that's good. Now, as far as getting with Gail on the breath, I think you're in the wrong part of the country because she's in St. Louis and you're out there in North Carolina. The Queens, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there. I thought it was going to be a phone thing. Oh. No, I think what she's talking about, seeing as how she's in close proximity to Dr. Phil, was maybe coming. She's she's gone through teacher's training and all, and uh, oh, it's an in-person thing. She's she's working on doing personal work with people and supporting them and getting the tools and expanding them. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, and then I will. Um, but we'll be, we'll be doing lots of breathing and laws. We'll be doing lots of breathing and laws of living. So. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. Delighted. Honored. Glad to be on the show. Appreciate it. All right. Blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Our next caller is area code 541. You're on the air. Is this Miss Julie from Ashland, Oregon? I had to unmute. Tim's voice came through. I know how that goes. Unmuted. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I have a couple of things here. Um, I was inspired by Phil. Is that his name? Is he a chiropractor also? Is that what he was talking about when he was talking about his practice? Okay. Dr. Phil Meyer in St. Louis. All right. All right. So here's the thing. He was... And I've felt this before, and all of us who've done this work get to this point from time to time, this immense gratitude and thank you for the work you've brought forth for us to uh, find the key that's been missing, and that was the forgiveness key that he was referring to. And so I um, want to take it to the next level of tithing. I think that that feeling of gratitude what could we could pour it into tithing you know i'm i'm pretty sure that would be a good thing to look into what those words mean tithing and gratitude which i've looked up in the dictionary during the time i've had here um and i think we could create a um a gratitude fund of some sort where we pour a you know an amount that we feel moved to give towards the furthering of the work um, in, on the world scale that you were talking about with the next caller, Roma, about, you know, what would you do with $5 million? And um, and I'm saying this from a place that I have tithed in the past to um, your work, Michael, and I know you know that. And then I signed up for an intensive that I'm paying off now. And so I haven't been tithing, and it's not the same. And I um, recognize that. And I'm uh, now what I'm doing is putting into a um, a vase, not a jar with a lid, but a vase. Um, anytime I'm feeling that gratitude and thank you, I'm putting some cash in there, and it'll add up, and I'll send you a check at some point. Because that cool. is participating in the flow at the level that we are now. And we are, you know, we want to make an offering you know, the word tithe just means a tenth, okay? And I looked up some things, and, um, and, and it's, uh, we, could, we could call this a gathering together of our gratitude. And um, if you look up the word together, it's gathering or group or mass or place. And so we are doing, following the laws of living, and we are gathering a mass, could call it a critical mass, could call it a place, a time space, 
where we can make action or manifestation. So anyway, I, um, I want to encourage Phil because he's blossoming and growing and feeling the abundance and the gratitude because he just sees it now and he's in it and he's sharing it. Maybe he could make a tithe. I'm not, I'm not trying to make it feel guilty or any of that stuff. Whatever comes up, right? <laughs> but to follow the example. There, right? <laughs> yeah, follow. It might be on my end. I take responsibility for that and apologize. I'm working on that. Um, but, you know, I've seen Dr. Tim be a great example and, and Lady Jane before she passed on. And, you know, you know, I'm asking because I want to receive the furthering of this work. And um, that 5,700-foot space sounds wonderful and perfect and is really a good price by other standards in in other places in the world. So um, I, for one, would want to contribute in that direction. And um, so enough about that. Um, I just want to put that forth. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Let me just throw out out a thought at this point, you know. I can remember when I lived in South Florida, actually I had a, a partner that I worked with and we were working on developing a center in South Florida and it was huge. We were planning on a, uh, a multi-story building that would house healthy older people that wanted to get healthier, not sick people, but create a research center that was integrated into it, a school. I mean, it was a huge project. And what happened in South Florida was, you needed three things to make something like that work. You needed the funding, you needed the property, and you needed the zoning. And for about almost 10 years, we worked on this project. I can't count how many dollars I put into it. And we get the funding, a commitment for the funding, and we get the property, we couldn't get the zoning. And then we get the property, the zoning, and we didn't have the funding. And, that, you know, so, so rather than waiting for $5 million to show up, what we do is, and what I did there, did that for about 10 years. And that's when I bought Heartland and said, I need to do something that I can do now rather than holding that this whole big thing will come together. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So, you know, one of the things we do have going on, which we put out just a week or so ago, we've been working on in order to expand the availability of the materials, creating a members area where anybody in the world can watch videos of the work anytime they want, you know, through the internet and delivering things through, through streaming. And so it's a, a project that Jane's put a huge amount of energy in and what she didn't know or we didn't know was that the technology of some of our video work in order to put it on, on streaming was like so out of date that it couldn't be done. And in order to, bring those videos together, get them online, and get them available on a new level, we're looking at about a $10,000 bill, which we weren't expecting, and we're not in a position at this point to do. So if anybody wants to support that project, you can go to the homepage, and there is a, uh, a button there to look at and read about what that uh, entails and support us in doing that. And the reason that uh, the project won't move forward until we've got that funding is because to get the price to do it down to the point where it's reasonable. You know, we've got a lot of hours of video and somebody has to go through and, and take this old technology. And I don't even know the, the intricacies of it, but stitch together different video files with audio files so that it will stream on the internet. It's like a whole, you know, whole new game that wasn't around 
10 years ago when some of those and older when those things were created. And so if somebody wants to support a project at this point that will, you know, take things forward, jump on the website, hit that button and, uh, and donate to support it. That would be awesome. And I'm going to put out there too, if you click on the, it's got, uh, looks like reels, like film reels. And so if you click on that, it will take you to the page where we have described you know, the mission of the project, the challenges that we were facing, the plan, what all the money would cover, what it would get for us and everything. It's got a lot of information out there. And I put that out on, like, May the 4th, and we've had three donations. So at that rate, it will probably be another year or two before we get the member site. (laughs) So, you know, we can only do what we can do. Because yep. it's a thought in motion, and so it will gather energy. And so right. we do have to keep putting it out and communicating it. So thank you. Anytime. We want to hear that. <laughs> well, well, thank um, you for bringing it up because I'm I'm a person who, you know, I kind of shy away from, you know, promoting things about money. You know, we put it out a couple of weeks ago. It's like, well, if it happens, it happens. Otherwise, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. We've got enough work to do to spin the plates we're spinning as it is. And, you know, I, I so thank you for bringing it up because it's something I kind of, you know, Lady Jane used to do that every month when she was sending her ties. She'd get on the phone and say, okay, everybody, get off your buns and do something, which was really <laughs> cool. But, uh, so thanks for stepping in in her stead. Dr. Okay. Jane does that every once in a while and Appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. And um, I have one more thing, but I want to ask your permission first. It may be inappropriate. Um, And so I'll say it as neutrally as I can. Um, The California primaries are happening today. And I just wanted to ask if we could hold the space for the most integrity to come forward, to really call it forth from people to really vote for, I'm not going to name anybody, but to vote for what really is a voice that needs to be represented. And, um, you know, I could say this rather the than have it going in. Uh, huh? Is it the okay to do this? The highest and yeah, best. I mean, the I'm, I'm in agree with you that, that, we, that everybody tunes in and, and does the highest and best in, you know, who's going to run this corporation called the USA and who's going to be its president and, uh, and have mm-hmm. a whole lot of uh, say and power in the world. So the, the space I want to hold is, you know, is that people who are on the fence or upset or about the insanity or this and that are stuck in patterns and don't even have the tools that we have to move through. Let's give the energy for them to move into the voting booth or whatever it, you know, get themselves, their bodies to show up from and from their guided conscience to be the voice that they are, whether they think it's going to count or not, just to get out there and yeah. do it. And so that's the space yeah, I'm long, asking us to hold. Hmm? It's a long, long way from the old, you know, the old saying is it's not over till the fat lady sings. Well, we're still a long way from that happening. You know, I think it's kind of crazy that uh, the networks are now saying, oh, well, Somebody won the Democratic, oh, well, it's over, because I think that's going to yeah. inhibit a lot of people who could be speaking up, and it's, it's far, far, far from over. So anyway, yep, I, yeah, I hold well, the space that uh, the highest and best outcome, and uh, that it's uh, on track. 
Do you give me permission to say more without names? I won't put names. But it's something that was coming through me while, while I was waiting. Thank you. So voting our conscience means what mindset are we willing to live with for the next four to eight years or or that we can actually feel we can influence in listening to us? Is it an open voice that's representing us? Is that opportunity there? So I'm calling that a third voice and that we need to move that third voice into first position. And yeah, it's not going to happen overnight, but if we can get our third voice heard, Americans' voices should be heard first, but they're not. But if we can get it heard, we can measure our strength because if our numbers really show up, there's going to be a percentage that we are, and that will inspire us and show us that we have strength and we have direction. And, you know, if we keep embracing that, we will increase it and be able to use it again like we're meant to use it as the true humans we are. That's what I wanted to say. Cool. And Phil just texted me and said, is it a good thing that Johnny Liberty does forgiveness work too? <laughs> good <laughs> point, Phil. I like that. Okay. I'm finished, and thank you. And, uh, All right. Blessings. God bless America, I guess. <laughs> okay. Yay. Bye-bye. How about, how about we go for God bless the world? Yes. You know, we got yes. seven and a half That's billion of us. We're, we're seven – Seven and a half billion cells and counting in this body that the ancients mystically referred to as the body of Christ, where uh, what Einstein was talking about was encircling that seven and a half billion other cells in our bodies in compassion and love, and that's where the the next level of opening and the next level of functioning as human beings comes. That's exactly the body, the church. We are. You're right. Isn't yep, that that's a scripture? That's yep, that's what you're yep, saying. Yes. It is. That's well, that's, yeah, we're yeah. on the same page. They were Our trying. Day. They were. They, they were trying in their own limited way to get the point across, the knowledge across, that this is all connected. We're not separate from each other, and we need to wake up and break down the walls that separate us, and and stand at that space of love for each other because some of us are insane. And when we're insane, we do insane things like, you know, people go and do war and all those crazy things. And when we can start to enshroud each other in that presence of love and recognize, as Einstein said, that circle of compassion comes forward and everything starts to shift and change. So that's what we're going to do to support. Day by day. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We're, I'm going to sign off now, and uh, blessings to all of us worldwide today. All right. Have a blessed day. Lots of love. So thank you, everybody, for your participation. We're down to the last 60 seconds or so, so I'm just going to open the space and say if you're ready to take your work to the next level, uh, we do have uh, several events happening at Heartland this summer in the Ozarks in southern Missouri. We'll be doing a 10-day food fund forgiveness and work program. It's kind of an economy program. That intent of that workshop, we do uh, some some cooked food as well as fresh and raw. Uh, so Ari will be there doing some new recipes, and then we'll start into a nine-day. Why is this happening to me again? Intensive. We'll do mind shifters, still point breathing, healing through relationships, communication. Did you hear what I think I said? Purpose, personal power, and commitment, empowered to heal, hands-on energy, field work, still point, still point being. We do a whole range of things during that nine-day. 
And then we'll be doing a 16-day Laws of Living. So if you're ready to take your work to the next level, touch in. We've got an offer of 15 free DVDs that will expire sometime in the next two weeks. So touch in, get registered, come and play. Blessings.